The NBA season is heating up and Kevin O'Connor and Chris Vernon have got you covered on The Mismatch. They discuss all the news, the trends, and transactions happening around the league. They also offer their on-court analysis and occasionally get into heated debates. Check out The Mismatch on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on Cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. We're not all professional athletes, but we all have health goals. That's why Anytime Fitness gives you access to personalized plans and support from a coach. Plus you can track your training, nutrition, and recovery progress with the Anytime Fitness app just like the pros. With 24-7 access to more than 5,000 gyms worldwide, get more from your gym membership. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, restrictions, all apply. See website for details. All right, guys, vacation edition sports cards nonsense. First, well, not, not totally solo, but almost solo show. Indy the intern will be joining at the end, of course, Ronick, our fearless leader. Ronick, is that an appropriate title? I don't really know what your what your title is here. Executive producer extraordinaire? No, no, no. You can just call me producer. I don't want to undersell it. Let's go, let's go executive producer slash show host, Ronick. Uh, he is here. Jesse is chilling out on the beach today. He's gonna to be back Thursday with us, though. Just a couple of quick things. Gonna have a big mailbag segment at the end because we've been MIA for the weekend off of all of our socials. Uh, some M- MLB all-star talk. Hit a couple guys there we think are going to be good buys and sells. That starts off this weekend anyway, so we'll get into some of that. Uh, quick NBA Finals talk. We'll hit that hard on Thursday once we actually see who's on the court for that. And then uh, a quick release for tomorrow. My dog's, of course, making as much noise as possible in this rental. This house is not big enough to stuff them in the bedroom because I figured they'd tear up the sheets. So they're going to be in the living room with me. So excuse the noise. All right. Man, I missed you. Ron, are you prepared for sound? Can you do the intros like Jesse does with the voice? I'll do whatever needs to be done. Yeah. I don't know how you go from banter to like the lead in introductory comments into the first topic. I will not have his transitions. I can't do it like him. No. Oh, hard to transition like Jesse. It's a fair point, Ronick. All right. MLB All-Star Weekend uh, kicks off. For, what is it? Thursday, Friday? We got the MLB. So obviously the All-Star Game. You've got a home run derby. There's a couple names that are intriguing. We got a couple people in the mailbag too mentioned, you know, guys like Trey Mancini, Trevor Story having pretty big years. Now they're going to be in the uh, the home run derby. You know, what's their deal with hobby value? Honestly, I'm a sell on both of those guys early. I just think Trey Mancini's stuck in Baltimore. That team's garbage. Although Baltimore's prospect list is ridiculous. Adley Roachman, now that Wander is gone, is the number one prospect in minor league baseball. Uh, DL Hall from the 2017 draft is killing it. Grayson Rodriguez, who's a pitcher for them, was drafted in 2018. If you're a Baltimore fan at all, that might be the best minor league system right now, or as good as just about any with those three guys, uh, all in consecutive drafts to 2017, 2018, 2019. If you're looking for some prospects that are going to get called up, especially Grayson Rodriguez, I don't generally like pitchers, but that dude can pitch. Uh, he's got some wicked stuff on the mound. And I think his stuff's going to take a nice price jump once he gets called up. And we've seen a bunch of other guys get called up already. So I'm pretty confident you'll see him this season. Uh, same thing though. When he does, I would sell him off quick. I'm not holding my breath on a pitcher. Um, but anyways, moral of the story, Trey Mancini, Trevor Story. I, I like that there's some hype around those guys, but both of them are on very losing franchises. Neither one are going anywhere near the playoffs this year. But the other two guys I kind of like, Otani and Pete Alonzo. 
So both of those guys, the other reason I like MLB in general now, NHL is just about to wrap up the NBA finals this week, but then that's it. I actually think this is kind of perfect timing for the MLB with the all-star game, home run derby, get a little bit of hype around the sport. And then two of the other major sports go away. There's no meaningful football for another month and a half, two months, or yeah, at least a month and a half. So I just feel like now is kind of MLB's time to shine in the hobby. I think you're going to see people taking chances on guys. We always see late season call-ups, which is good for the prospect game. And as much as I hate, and I mean hate Otani, I mean, I, I spent a ton of money and got absolutely murdered selling him too early because I'm a moron. I kind of think if you look at where he's at now, in comparison to like Acuna, Soto, Tatis last year, he's still not even close in value. Aside from his first Bowman, his 2018 Bowman uh, first autos are massive and the, and the paper out of that's huge. 2018 Bowman Chrome's first Chrome card, still awesome, still big, sells well. But other than that, everything else for Otani, I still feel like has room to grow. I keep waiting for him to like break both of his legs in a freak accident and need Tommy John surgery again at the same time. And it hasn't happened. So at some point, again, could not have been more wrong about the kid. I just think at some point we got to come around to what it is. He's going to hit 45 home runs this year and be an above average starting pitcher. It's fairly ridiculous. Um, it is weird too. No, I'm telling you, the no Jesse thing. People think the show is better without Jesse because he doesn't know sports. Horrible take if you feel that way. But yeah, I just think Otani is going to be the next guy. Like we see MLB is marketing Tatis heavily. Even last night, made an incredible catch, had a wicked home run. They're marketing him. I think it's, I just think we're going to start seeing that with Otani too. I mean, no one has done anything near what he's doing for the length of time he's done it in the last 80 years. Like at some point, I just think he is going to be the face of the game if he stays healthy. And I'm past the point of if stay healthy now, because at this point, I mean, anybody could get hurt after a few months, but it's not like he had one inning, you know, pitch one game, blew out his shoulder. I, I just think the kid's ridiculous. So if you have Otani, I don't think there's any reason to sell it right now. If you wanted to get in on Otani and kind of hold it a little bit toward the end of the season, see what happens once NHL and NBA are done. I don't hate that move either. Pete Alonso is another weird dude. Uh, Alonso two years ago had an, or three years ago now, I guess, absolutely ridiculous season. 50 plus home runs, like 120 RBI. Just ridiculous season for the kid as a rookie of the year. One rookie of the year was an all-star the first year. Finished like seventh in MVP voting that year too. And then COVID obviously crushed last season. He just hasn't gone anywhere near that form aside from at stints this season. So Pete Alonso's from 2016 uh, Bowman draft. He's another guy. So his 2016 Bowman draft PSA 10 autos right now are trading under 550. I just think he's kind of a guy I would take a flyer on. I feel like he's going to, he won last year's home run derby. I think he's the type of guy who might come out, hit a bunch of home runs, do well in the derby. The Mets are in first place. I think they're playoff bound. And at some point, it's just like, does this kid find his swing again? And if he does, that's going to be a $1,000 card as opposed to five fifty. Now, I think there's a legitimate shot. His stuff doubles in value. Again, I always emphasize the first Bowman stuff with baseball because that's definitely um, the blue chip stock of those guys. But yeah, I think if, you're, if you have any optimism at all about the Mets, despite the fact that they play in New York, a state that I hate, I think Alonzo legitimately has a shot to have a huge bump just because of the attention he's going to get. Obviously, the home run derby helps. I think there's a number of factors that help with Alonzo. So I think there's a shot he does it. So uh, I am interested about him. A couple other quick baseball notes I'm going to rattle off. I'm going to get to the, I'm going to do some dual mail, mailbag this week, too. Indy's going to come in. Indy's super into the card game, anyways. So as opposed to, you know, me and Jesse going back and forth with our nonsense, it'll be me and Indy. We'll do that the second half, though. Um, let me just rattle off some other quick, just some notes for baseball, kind of the straight news, straight facts, whatever Jesse calls it. Again, 
Ronick dropped the ball with the intro here. No Jesse voice. That's not his fault. Uh, so six to Sanchez, the pitcher for the Marlins is out, tore up his shoulder last night. Another guy we got asked about, you know, is now the time to buy him? Absolutely not. Do not buy a pitcher who is out with a shoulder injury. Guys hate pitchers anyways. This kid's going to miss the rest of the season. If anything, I would dump his stuff now, even for quarters on the dollar, because you're not going to see his prices do anything but plummet, despite the fact that he showed he could play well. Uh, so I, that kid is just too bad. Um, now, C.J. Abrams is a different story. C.J. Abrams was the first-round pick last year, uh, 2019, for the uh, San Diego Padres. Super talented kid, a legit four- to five-tool type talent. He's out with an MCL injury. Looks like he's going to miss the rest of the season as well. But see, Abrams is a guy I wouldn't. Total opposite view on him. If there's any dip in price with C.J. over the next few months, I would buy him up in a heartbeat. That kid has shown he's going to be one of the top prospects in the game. San Diego just has a way of developing kids lately, too. So I would be all in on him as soon as his stuff drops. Now that's C.J. Abrams. Again, 2019 Bowman draft is his first stuff. Um, and then some good news for, the, for out of the minor leagues, at least. Uh, Kalenic, who got sent down after coming up and playing terrible uh, for the Mariners, he had another four-hit game last night in AAA. Kalenic's another weird dude. His stuff has fallen so hard, uh, kind of like Wander did. You know, these guys get called up. There's such a crazy buildup, such crazy hype. Then they get called up, and when they don't perform, because even Wander had a couple bad games in a row, their stuff is down 30%. Kalenic, even more than that. Kalenic's the type of kid, though, he finds a swing in AAA. All of a sudden, he gets called back up, and you'll see another huge bump just because of him getting promoted to the majors again, which I think is going to happen this season. So he's another guy. I don't think he's a bad buy. I would just wait for his prices to level off, see if we're at the absolute bottom. A um, couple other names, too. I just think not straight cash homies, none of that. Jesse's not here. We're not doing any gimmicks this week. Without Jay, there are no gimmicks. Uh, but some other dudes I just think are good prospects and are not super high right now. Sam Huff for the Rangers hit a 511-foot home run last night that was ridiculous. Now, I don't know that he's ever going to be an everyday type of starter, but he's the type of kid who has such power with his bat. So he's out of 2020 Bowman. That's his first product. 2020 Bowman, he's another guy. I just think he's going to go on these stretches during a season where he's going to hit crazy home runs. That's the type of stuff that gets headlines all over the place and it builds hype. Nothing increases in value more than when a dude hits home runs and goes on a streak. So I like Sam Huff. Um, Garrett Mitchell, another prospect. He's out of 2020 Bowman draft. I want to say he was the first rounder for the Brewers last year, but he may have been the second rounder. Um, he got promoted to double A because he's been killing the ball. Um, that's another kid. I just think just uh, he's not overly expensive. If you're going to buy his stuff, I would go 2020. I would stick with his Chrome autos or just his Chrome base, but he's another kid. He's going to come up in the Brewers system. He's, he has enough going for him where there's some hype. People are actually starting to pay attention to him. I just think it's another solid buy. You're not buying in at the absolute peak or anywhere near it. And if he gets another promotion, it gets weird. And then one guy who's kind of the opposite out of that spectrum, Jason Dominguez, who is the Martian. I mean, the Yankees kid, 18 years old. He actually got his first hit yesterday. He's been playing ball with them, first pro hit. But in the last five games, he's got a bunch of walks. He's got a bunch of runs. He steals. He's shown like great, un uncanny plate discipline for an 18-year-old. Like it's weird. We know he's got power, just what, what we saw in the Dominican leagues. He's a guy, though, it, I just think there's such a high ceiling with him. You talk to MLB scouts and different guys in the league. We talk to a few people. They say he's like the next can't-miss kid. Despite being 18 years old, he's going to be this unbelievable talent. He's going to come up to New York and just transcend everything. I, I don't know. I think that kid might be, a, a, despite being super expensive. So his first Bowman stuff was also 2020 Bowman. 
uh, along with Sam Huff. He's the type of guy, though, if he's going to play at all and he's going to get promoted, it, I think he's going to get promoted at least once this season. You're just going to see his numbers, his pricing go up every time there's any sort of hype. Like he's that type of generationally hyped player. Whether it ever actually pans out, I don't know. But that's a kid who you're just going to see prices jump because he's so, he's just so, again, it's a perfect situation. Unbelievable. He's super young and he's in New York. So, uh, anyways, a couple guys there for baseball. All right, Ronick, you got to come in now. We're going to talk basketball for like 85 seconds. Let's do it. My my most important my most important question: Suns or Bucks? I like the Suns because I feel like their team is healthier and they're playing better. So just not knowing if Giannis is going to play or when he's going to play, I have to pick the Suns. Yeah, they're super quiet about Giannis, huh? They're not saying a thing. Also feels weird to say Giannis on the show. Janis is how we should continue to refer to him. He is, uh, he's doubtful for tonight, so that makes me not feel great about the series. Yeah, that's a wicked knee injury, by the way. I love what they said right after the injury. It's like, oh, he's going to be fine. His knee bent backwards. Like, and he's all athletic anyways. It's not like Giannis is going to come up with a bad knee and start you know, making 18-foot jumpers. So if he's hindered in any way with the knee, that's miserable. I'm taking the Bucs in seven. I don't know why. I've picked against them every single round. I'm taking Bucks in seven just because. Also, it benefits me because I have some Giannis PSA 10 rookies. So having said that, though, I think the poll I saw, the last poll, which had a few thousand votes on it, Suns are like 70%. Almost everybody is picking the Suns to win the series. I don't think I would overreact on the Bucs side, though. Like Giannis market right now, if they lose in four or five games, I don't think Giannis stuff is going to drop all that much because he's played – great this postseason he's hurt and his stuff didn't spike like it did last year so if you're holding Giannis I don't think there's any reason to like panic sell it just doesn't seem like there's any reason to the flip side of that with the Suns there's a couple guys there I would sell immediately uh, the two that come to mind Cameron Johnson and Cameron Payne I would sell both those guys immediately I think this is the best we're ever going to see them play their markets have surprisingly come around pretty strong I would dump both those guys Booker Booker's a different story to me. I think he's going to be like a consensus top 10 guy going forward. I just think he's going to be the next one of the next stars in the league. He's got the swagger on and off the court. And I don't think him and CP3 are breaking up anytime soon. And I feel the same way about DeAndre Ayton. So unless you're looking to just like really cash in quick and make a buck. I, I, and if you are, if you're looking to sell those three guys, sure. The finals, no better timing. You wait till it looks like they're going to win or, or the day or two, you know, d- the day they win, the day after they win. If you're looking to sell uh, CP3, Booker, or eight, and that's the time. But I don't think it's a bad idea to hold those guys either. The market is still, I say that because normally it's like, hey, if a guy wins a championship, we're not going to see higher pricing. That's normally true, but I don't think it is this year. The market is in such a dip right now. And even though I think it's leveled off, I think just because people see how cheap things are getting, I think we're going to see things start to really rebound by the start of next season. So I actually feel like those guys pricing three months from now, four months from now might be higher than if they win a championship next week. So I don't know that I'd be in a rush to sell the big three, but all the other players, Chris Middleton, Drew Holiday, like I said, campaign, Cam Johnson, I'm selling every other one of those guys immediately as soon as I see any sort of bump. Uh, and the Bucks kids especially, because like I said, a lot of people don't think they're going to win. I just don't think there's any reason to hold those guys. But a um, couple of the quick basketball notes, and we'll get into uh, mailbag here. So LeBron James, Chrome, PSA 10s, those things have rebounded like crazy. The last few sales are all over 20,000, getting as high as 21,000. Again, just a good sign for the market. Trey Young Prism, though, he's a dude who took a wicked fall, which I did not expect. Trey Young Prism, now his high end stuff is still crazy high. Like, I think it's National Treasures RPA as a 9510, just recently. 
recently sold for like 60,000 off eBay, but his prism gems are going for like 250 right now. They hit a high recently of 350. I thought they would fall. That seems pretty harsh to me. 250 for a tray prism 10 is to me is still too cheap. And it's probably going to fall a little bit more in the off season before it rebounds. Um, but it's nice to see that his high end stuff has still stayed there. And then the last question, I'm just going to address it here too, because we've got a few questions about it. College players getting the rights to their likeness. They can do different things. They can start making money off those. How's it going to affect the card market? Like I said this last week, I feel the same. It's going to be like the NFT thing. Everybody's going to talk about it. You're going to have 300 companies come out of nowhere and sign different college players. And we'll have products like we saw Trevor Lawrence did with Tops. And I think 99% of them are going to be absolute garbage. Just a money grab. People are throwing together crap product. I'm not talking about Tops and Panini. I mean, people out of the woodwork. So I would just be very leery buying any of that stuff. I don't think there's any need to rush to buy some sophomore quarterback just because all of a sudden you can find him in a product that nobody cares about. So I, yeah, the college thing, I'm just wait and see what happens. So um, yeah, there you go. That's the open of the show. Uh, let's bring in Andy. Let's hit some mailbag. And then I am going back to the beach. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment. So it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on, I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, Tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. I'm not going to be any better looking after this vacation, but I will be more tan, so I'm excited. All right, so now the solo act is over. We got Indy, whose real name is Max, by the way. I don't know why we call you Indy. He's never indicated he enjoys that name. I don't know how he feels. How do you, that's the most important thing. Before you introduce yourself, how do you feel about the name Indy? You know, I, I like it. Indiana Jones has always been one of my um, favorite movies. And although we look nothing alike, uh, I'll take it. So you're in on the Nick? Okay, well, that's fair. So Indy is the guy to get responses on Twitter, Instagram, when you see the tweets. When you see anything that's well put together, that's always Indy doing that. The stuff that has grammatical errors and has no picture because I'm stupid and lazy, that's always me. So uh, I think you've done a good job, though. We've gotten some good interaction on our socials with the uh, the posting and different things. So uh, I know you're big into the card game too, which I'm not used to. Normally it's just me and Jess. So let me ask you this before we jump into mailbag, anybody on your radar right now that you're buying that you're high on? The the two things that I've been buying a lot that I think I have really high upside the in short term is uh, some football guys. I think uh, I was looking at some schedules and I think Josh Allen, the quarterback for the bills, I just think that that team and that division is just set to win now, especially since, um, their offensive coordinator staying, and I he's down I like twenty five percent too from his peak. Oh yeah, he's down even I mean, more everyone, than that in some areas. Yeah. I mean, I just think him and Diggs and like the year he had of like the forty touchdowns. It's like you saw what could happen, and then now it's like I think him and Kyler are great buys right now, just because I don't, I think they can run, they can throw, they can do a little bit of everything, and then um as opposed to buying everyone buying the Herberts and stuff, just cause it's kind of flashies and all the new products. And it's just like, I don't want to buy a guy who's won what five, five career games, six career wins. And what is Herbert supposed to, that is my other thing. People ask about Herbert. Hey, I could buy this card. 
I'm not sure what Justin Herbert's going to do this year that's going to that's going to not only keep his prices where they are, but that is going to give you any sort of upside. I mean, the dude can't play any better than he did last year. There's no way. So I really don't think. Yeah, I think he even has a good season. His numbers come down. So I don't know. You like this palm tree behind me, by the way? I just realized how strategically placed I am. It's not bad. Looks great. All you need is a Corona now. Oh, jeez. Okay, well, we'll finish the show up quick enough. We can do that. Hey, yeah. you did send me some pictures. So a couple of monster cards I did want to touch on before we jump into mailbag. So what's the Lewis Hamilton? Yeah, so um, as of yesterday, this um, a card uh, store in Japan called the Mint Shinjuku. Yeah, they pulled the one-of-one one Super Fractor Lewis Hamilton Topps Chrome uh, serial number one card, which is um, for everyone not really familiar with F1, it's kind of like the uh, – the fastest cars in the world. They go on, um, I think they race in er- almost every continent. They have like 20 races a year. He is like the... He's Jordan. The, yeah, he's the GOAT, the Tom Brady of the sport. He's a seven-time world champ, like all world, all everything. So the valuation for it is like, it could be, it, it only takes one buyer with all the one-on-one stuff. But his previous high card sale was a Topps Chrome Red Sapphire variation, number three of five. Number three of five that sold on eBay for forty six grand. So this super's doing a hundred. I would be shocked that this isn't a six figure card. And not only is he the goat, he's Jordan, but he, like this is the first F one stuff of anything with tops. Correct? Isn't this their inception year with them? Yeah, it's their first year. Yeah, it's just like a perfect storm. That's ridiculous. So that's a nice six figure card. Oh uh, yeah. And I, I tried to look into the seven figure card you sent me. The uh, the Curry. So Curry's the is it his NT rookie logo man? Yeah, we got a. So an alternative investment uh, platform purchased a 2009 National Treasures one-of-one Stephen Curry Logo Man Auto uh, PSA 8 for um, the – it's a little bit hard to explain, but so they purchased 51% of it at a valuation of $5.9 million. So they own over half the card, and it's basically a group of all these – yeah, alt investments. Yeah, alt investments. And um, they have uh, this article states that they have over 10,000 cards in their vault valued at over $50 million. So probably not your Terrence Manning campaign silvers in there. You, you know what? Don't make assumptions on this show. It's a fact-based show, Indy. Yeah, here's the weird thing about it. This happened recently with Collectible where the highest sale of the card was the root for $6 million, which was just a valuation. The same is true with this. Five point nine million, but it's really just a valuation because they bought half of it. I think it's good. Like it shows that the high end market is still crazy strong. At the same time, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't care. This this in no way affects my life. I just I don't think it speaks to the state of the hobby. I think it's an interesting story for content, no question. But like at no point in my life am I dropping a million dollars on cards ever. I just can't do it. And I just. I, it's always weird to me that everything now is like, it's never just a straight sale. It's a valuation of the buying majority share in it. I do start to wonder if normal people just read this stuff and get sick of it. Like who cares? Makes me think, I don't know. Anyways, your thoughts there, anything? It really interests me just because I thought like this curry hype, because uh, like you didn't win anything this year. And then like this card just pops up and it, uh, the previous high, I guess, basketball card sale was that uh, $5.2 million LeBron James card. Right. But like when, when like this new space of like when half of a card is owned or a fourth of a card is owned, it's really hard to be like, well, this is the record, even though we don't know who owns the other 49% or if it's even owned by a single person, an individual or group. 
if that's the case, Mike and I and every other one should just group all of our cards and say we have the most expensive collection in the world. I don't know. I mean, I'm not opposed to that idea. That's kind of how I am, though. It's like there's no clear answers anymore. I just, I don't know. And the other thing, too, I don't know that anybody cares about record sales anymore. I think it's yeah. great that this does this. If, if we see Michael Jordan rookies get back to 300000 again consistently, that would be more meaningful to the hobby, in my opinion, than the one-off sales. Um, but it's fine. I mean, again, all investment raised a ton of money. Uh, you know, they released a statement. They bought this. I mean, again, fantastic. I don't know. And, and, and too, in the statement, it just happens to mention. I actually spoke to Lear on the phone. He's a nice guy. But every time there's any sort of a release from that company, it always mentions how he has, like, the world's greatest Kobe collection. Like, even in this, in this press release, has nothing to do with the story. I just like they snuck that in. From now on, anytime I do another podcast, I'm just going to end with I have the world's greatest Tom Brady collection. So that's it. Perfect. Mailbag. Let's bang this out. And then I'm going back to the ocean. So we dropped the mailbag on Facebook. You re- First question I'll take. I'll give you a second to prep your question. All right. Joel Brand, first thing, over under 2.5 people who volunteered to be co-host. Yeah, we had a ton of people volunteer. Here is my fear. I've spoken to Indy before. I know Max is a smart kid. You know, he can he gets the vibe of the show. We had a bunch of people reach out and we just said no to most people because if I had to be stuck with somebody, you don't know. If the person is just miserable to listen to and I'm stuck with them for an hour, it's a rough sell. So that's why we didn't go full co-host. That's why we went indie uh, for this. But yeah, Joel, we got a bunch more than 2.5. We had people, I liked two of the emails that said, never listen to the show, but I'm in a podcast. And I thought that was a solid start. So anyways, all right, question time. Let's get into the real stuff. What do you got? All right. The first one that I uh, read that really just popped to me was um, that I think the listeners will like one was Mike uh, Quarterone. You butcher him like Jesse. Yeah. The, the questions are good. The name's not easy. Um, he says, who are some baseball guys you're buying pre-All-Star break in, in anticipation of big second halves? So um, I, can go, I can go first. Um, Please, let's hear it. You're going to get fired up. What do we have to do to get you yelling in here? Get me yelling in here? Um, are you nervous? You seem a little reserved. A little bit. My, to get me excited, uh, get an email that my PSA sub just got back. PSA sub just popped, bro. I just heard from Nat. You're good. All tens. I'm good. All tens. All tens. All right. Here we go. Who are you buying in baseball? All right, let's get it. Uh, I got three guys. First one is Mookie Betts on the Dodgers. Okay. I've, I've seen his, uh, P, I think his BGS 9510 Bowman Chromes are down to like 1,200. And at their peak, they were somewhere around six grand when they were winning. So that's just, I mean, he's granted he's hit, I think he's hitting in the 260s, but that's yeah, he's just had a the rough guy. start. That's like the prototypical, like, leadoff guy. I want him. St- at the top of my lineup, and that that team, that Dodgers team, is just unbelievable with pitching and hitting. Okay, I like Mookie. I'd co-sign on that. Yeah, second guy we got is uh, Juan Soto, and yeah. um, Soto's number one to me. He's the he's the most like obvious one, just because I think the Nationals they're like, if they're not in first, they're a couple games out, and he's starting to heat up. And like, it's not that he's had a bad season, but when you're like. I guess when your nickname is the the great Bambino. Yeah, you can't come out and play average for the first three months when you have all the hype like you did last year. Yeah, you can't hit 260, especially when you're looking at Justin Verlander hitting home runs off him. Never good. And then the third guy is um, one of your guys, uh, Rafael Devers, Chubby D. Chubby D is the most underrated player in baseball. He's going to finish third, top three in MVP this year on a first-place team. They're the second-best record in all of baseball winning percentage wise just behind the giants 
remarkable how cheap Devers is. I mean, he had another three uh, three run homer last night, but I mean, him and like Xander, it's like those are the guys on that team that I I think just have like the the star power, the bat power. They flash a little bit of leather, and they have just like I don't know big personalities that I could see them carrying them to a playoff run. Yeah. So of all the guys I talk about to answer Mike's question, the one guy I'm going to actually go out and spend money on right now. Well, when I get home from Florida, because I'm not actually I'm going to a card show tomorrow. Shop tomorrow. We'll see what happens there. I'm buying Devers stuff because I'm going to go after his first Chrome stuff, which I believe was 2015 Bowman Chrome, if I'm not mistaken. I know it's 2015 for sure. I'm going after him. I think Soto's a good buy. I think Otani's still a good buy. Alonzo. Soto. Everybody that Max just mentioned too, excuse me, Indy mentioned. I like all those dudes. The one guy I'm actually going to spend money on is Devers. Good question. I like it. All right. What's next? We have a question from Keith Candler. And I, uh, will LeBron James see a spike with the new Space Jam movie hitting theaters? Nope. I'd be shocked. He's spiking right now just because people yeah. see how historically cheap he is. I think this is the spike. He'll continue. It's not even a spike. It's a gradual raise in price, especially his rookie stuff. And I think once next season starts, he comes out healthy. If the Lakers start 10-0, and 0, then we'll see another bump. But I think it's going to be performance-based at this point. I agree. Are you, were you alive when Space Jam came out? Do you remember the original? Oh, boy. Ronick, Ronick, do you remember Space Jam? It came out the year I was born, but I have seen it, obviously. Yeah. Oh, my God. I forget I'm doing this thing with two kids. This is ridiculous. Space Jam, the first one, was fantastic. This one, I have no use for, but I'm sure kids will love it. So I don't think the target audience is 35-year-olds, so I think they're safe. I can't imagine a hobby spike, though. I'd be shocked. Nope. Next question we got is Brian McGuire. And this question is pretty relevant just because it's happening soon and it's happened to people in the past. Would a breakout performance in the MLB Futures game impact a player's value? Absolutely. People are all, and the reason I say that is this, the, the prospect market has always been super volatile. People love the hype down there. You see guys overreact over single, double, triple A performances. So yeah, the Futures game is an awesome thing for that. It showcases kids. And you're going to see a couple of guys like we see every year who are people who are on nobody's radar will have an unbelievable game. And all of a sudden they're the next blue chip prospect. So yes, that's an event every year you have to watch for, see who's hyped up after it. And you can make some serious money selling. You can also see some guys there who just play really well, almost like sleepers. So yeah. Yep. Definitely pay attention to it. When is that by the way, does he have a date on there? I don't know when the futures game is. It's okay. If he doesn't, I think it's the day before the um, home run derby. Oh, so it's coming up this week. Yeah. Okay. And then um, I was going to say, I think the poster child for that was the Nate Pearson guy for the Blue Jays. Yeah, pitcher for Toronto. Yep. Another 2018 guy. No, he might have been 2016. But Pearson, yeah, all, nobody, I mean, people were aware of him. But then all of a sudden after that game, he was a top five pitching prospect. Yeah. Exactly. Look at you bringing the note. I'll tell you right now, Jesse wouldn't have made that call. Oh, yeah. I, I always have to watch the future games just because I had my, a lot of Jared Kalenic stock. Slowly going back up. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. So actually, do do me a favor then. Keep an eye on that. And for next Monday's show, we'll hit that. Because I, I think it's probably happening Wednesday or Thursday then. And I can guarantee I'm not going to watch or prep for Thursday's show. So, yeah, for next Monday, let's hit it then. Recap, like, hey, big performances, guys, we might see Spike. BMAC with a good question. I like it. We have one from Chad Torelli. Are there any QBs you think are in store for a breakout year? I know... Some in the hobby are targeting Darnold. I just don't know if I can get behind that one. Chad doesn't listen to the show, apparently. I am Tua all the way. 
I do. I think Tua is going to have a big game. I think Donald's going to have a good first quarter of the season or first six games. I think him and CMC can put up numbers. I think Donald's a good buy, especially his 2018 rookie stuff. But to me, it's Tua. Uh, and I know he's played horrible in some of these uh, OTAs and different practices. I think Tua's going to have a breakout season. I don't know that they, it leads to like 11 wins, 10 wins like last year. But I think he's going to be my goal. I, I've been spent, I spent a few thousand now on Tua. My plan is the first four to six weeks, he settles in, he's playing well, his stuff bumps a little bit. I plan on selling them. So, yeah, two is my guy. Come on, Chad, listen to the show. I don't know about this Chad character. I was going to ask Chad, I was like, what makes you not like Sam Darnold? The fact that he throws one touchdown for every three interceptions and wins less than half of the games? That's probably good for a Jets quarterback. I was going to say my big, big sleeper, and maybe just because I'm from Indy, but it's, it's Carson Wentz. The Colts went to the playoffs with Phillip Rivers, who could not run five yards and could not throw the ball 20, 20 yards. You're telling me Carson Wentz can't be marginally better than that? I'm telling you that Carson Wentz's floor is lower than your floor, though. That's the only issue. If Carson Wentz shows up and he's, and he's like, his head is in the game, he's ready to play, I think he is unbelievably talented. When Carson Wentz is bad, I think you and him are about even par in NFL team, honestly, because he is brutal. But I'm, I'm with you. I, I tend to think they're going to have a really good – I like Michael Pittman out there. I like Jonathan Taylor. I think they're gonna have a, they have a good young team. And Wentz is so cheap now, I think he's worth a flyer. All right, not bad. All right, next question is Nate, Nate Blackwelder. And you touched on this a little bit, but is now the time to sell Suns and Bucks players, or do you take the gamble on picking the winner? To me, you play it safe. You sell all the, the secondary-type guys. And if you want to take a shot on a winner, fine. Take a shot on Giannis Booker, CP3. Those are the three guys. But otherwise, I would sell everybody now unless you're content holding for three to four months minimum. I would agree with that 100%. Too much agreeing here. You're supposed to insult me, make take side shots at my dogs, different things, Max. Well, I don't want to tell the people to take a second mortgage on a campaign in TRPA, and then next year when he's playing in China, everyone yells at me. Yeah, campaign has been – yeah. He's a weird dude. He has had a crazy postseason. Oh, I just, yeah. there's a reason he's not a starter. He's made some money. Yeah. I mean, I mean, he's played some games. Without him, they're not in the finals, probably. He's played great for them, but I just, I'm not banking on him doing anything long term. So, for sure. The guys like the campaigns and Reggie Jackson's, it's always like the when there's no expectations, they're good. When there's expectations and there's a $15 million contract, they're awful. I just think that's how it's always going to be. Same with like Andre Drummond, guys like that. Next, we got Chris Smith. There we go. An easy name. That's, that's the reason you picked this question. It's probably a dumb question, but Andy was like, I, I can pronounce this one. I, I made a second Facebook account with just easy names asking questions. What's Chris have to say? How do you feel about Devin Booker? Small market team, but guy is an amazing talent. Yeah, see, th- normally I, would, I thought I would have guessed we'd see the Donovan Mitchell treatment. Like he has a decent market, but it's like, what does he have to do to go over that? But at this point, Booker's going to solidify himself this year, especially if the Suns win. I just don't think you're going to lose money with the kid. I don't know if there's any reason to buy right now, but long-term, I don't think next year, first of all, I don't think the Suns are going to be bad next year anyways. It's not going to be a situation where he has like one individual spike. He's played great offensively three years in a row now. I mean, the kid can score, and now he's adding other facets to the game and it's contributing to winning. And a lot of that's CP3, but I think the sky is the limit for the kid. On court and hobby value. I mean, look at his NTRPAs. I, they had already been hitting over 25K. Why can his number not catch Trey at 50 or 60? 
I think it can. So I do. I think it's super high end stuff, has a lot of room to grow. Again, with the base, you got to kind of see where this dip is. I think the dip is over for a lot of things. I don't know if we've hit the absolute floor with base stuff yet, including his out of 2015, uh, his rookie year. But overall, yeah, I think if you can get Booker stuff for a decent price right now, I don't think it's a bad buy at all. Yeah, I saw his um, Prism PSA 10s were creeping some in the $1,500 range, which was way up from even just a couple weeks ago. Yeah, so put, I mean, just to put it in perspective, they were like 700 Then the CP3 trade happened. They hit 1000 overnight. And then they kind of dipped back down to seven 800 started just slowly crawling up. So if they win the series, they'll probably stick 1500 1800 If they Once they lose or once the season's over, either way, I, I wouldn't be shocked if those came, if those came back to maybe $1,000. But still, for a Prism base card in, the, in an era where everybody now hates base, I mean, what, what's wrong with that? So... Yep, I like Booker. Yeah, I mean, the guy scored 70 points on a team that won like 12 games, and he's just a guy that's – he's gotten better every year. He's had that – I hate to say it that everyone makes fun of, but he had that Paul George trajectory of like 15, 20, 25, and it, but his team actually wins and they go far. So, I mean, yeah, the sky's the ceiling for him. Yep. Sky's the limit. Sky can't be the ceiling. Sky's the ceiling. What are they there teaching we- in college these days? like – that's our new show motto. Sky's the ceiling. There you go. Sky's I like the it. ceiling. We're making up shirts. Next question we have Michael Wyrick. What lower end products are good long term holds for each sport? A little bit of a tough question. I mean, so like for baseball, like people consider top series one, two, update, lower end. It's great value long term. Um, in basketball, Chronicles, again, for the money, because you're talking about lower ends, you're going to get in cheaper. I don't think basketball is a bad product to buy cheap Chronicles basketball or Chronicles football, because for the price, you get a bunch of star cards, star rookies too. I mean, like last year, you couldn't open a pack or a box of Chronicles without getting Zion and Ja. You know, even this year, you're going to have like Trevor Lawrence and all that stuff. They made Chronicles draft this year too. That stuff I'd stay away from. But other than that, I, I don't think Chronicles is a bad product either. Like I really don't. Um, and it's for sure in baseball tops, Top's finest in baseball is one of the cheaper ones now, despite being fifteen hundred to two thousand bucks. That is a cheaper product. I think that's a great product. Uh, Heritage Minor League. You talk about getting guys early in baseball. Like go back and look at what twenty eighteen Heritage or twenty nineteen, whatever year it would be, probably eighteen. What Heritage Minor Wander stuff does now? It's huge. So especially in baseball, anything cheap, even if it's um, even if it's pro- especially if it's prospect driven, can do well. I mean, Heritage Minor, I think, was like 75 to 90 bucks a box back in the day. And it hasn't come up much. Those are not bad value plays. I'm sure I'm missing some with basketball and football, but I think Chronicles is decent with both. What do you got? I said I have two, one for baseball, one for basketball. The one for baseball, it's a little bit of a longer-term play, but it's a, I think Prism Baseball is not as decent just because the popularity and, like, the silvers. And we've seen, like, the um, – Mike Trout, his first Prism card has really like gone gone big, even though the, without the non licensing stuff, just just be, from the popularity of the football and just because of the brand NBA. Yeah, I, I think I like that long term just because it's so cheap. And then for basketball, by the way, if that's the case, I, I would actually go Prism. I don't mind. I'd do the same thing with Select. Then I think Select yeah. baseball because people coming into the hobby don't care as much that hey, it's not licensed. They just see a card and a product they like and a brand that they know. What's your uh, basketball one or football? Bas- I'm ba- I have basketball, and I, I don't know if you could say it's cheap just because the boxes have risen so much, but it's 
cheaper than your immaculates and national treasures. I like NBA hoops. Yeah, hoops isn't bad. I think they got those like the nice action shots. It's in their pro uniform. I think it's it has to be one of the first products where the guys are in their pro uniforms. Yeah, I think this year I think this year it was. And you can make money on the single side of that, being the first pro card. I don't know that I'd buy a box for a thousand bucks or whatever. I mean, it's insane the money they do. But in terms of getting a card cheaper that's gonna hold long term, hoops has been an established brand for 30 years, not going anywhere. That Giannis hoops, that 10, like what? It got up to a, a, a couple grand, I think, or maybe a thousand. Some of the variations got up to a couple thousand. Uh, I bought yeah. it at 700, so of course it's worth less than that now, but that's okay. <laughs> I was going to say, those are my two long term, cheaper products that I think could hold value long term. I like that. I had a few more and then I'm going back. I'm done. I've checked out right. mentally. I apologize. How many we want to, how many we want to do? Two? Let's hit three more. Let's hit three, three more. more. We'll get rapid fire. Hit, throw some questions, bang out an answer, you read the next one. All right, Zach Alpern, what do you tell people who think sports cards aren't viable investments and don't take you as seriously as if you were investing in stocks or crypto? Oh, I get laughed at quite a bit, especially years ago. My wife works, I've said this before, my wife works in the medical profession. I mean, I don't necessarily care anymore, but if they don't think it's viable, I mean, like, okay. Like, I mean, look at the people who have made a ton of money in this space. Um, but but I, I understand the notion because trust me, I dealt with that too. You spent what? How did you pay for this house and the next house and the next house? Baseball cards. Like it's a viable market. It's like any other asset, though. I mean, ups and downs. You have to be careful. You have to be diversified. I never tell anybody, hey, just jump all in on baseball cards because you think, I mean, even right now, 20%. I mean, it's maybe a 20% makeup of my entire portfolio financially because I wouldn't do that. I don't do that with anything. I'm never just throwing all my money into one thing, whether it be crypto, cards, real estate, anything. But I mean, look at the numbers. It's, you know, and people who just continue to laugh after that, I, I, you know, good for them. I'm going to go back to the nine to five job where they're miserable. I'm going to go back to Facebook and goof around baseball cards. Exactly. That's what I was, I was going to say. I have a little bit of a different perspective, not having a house or anything, but you know, when I was buying cards in like high school and even college, it's like you sell baseball cards. It's like, yeah, but I also took my girlfriend on a trip to Miami while you went to Applebee's and got a two for 20 barely paying years and not that there's anything wrong with that it's just like i mean my you know, wife's you, first date spot was applebee's you hold your tongue in me oh i love applebee's you're absolutely no you're right though i mean yeah people do that with everything people did that with sneakerheads. then there were 12 year old kids walking around with thousand dollar pair of shoes and like what what's happening here people hustle and make money and they look for opportunities when others don't exactly but i was gonna also say that like this isn't like you got to do your research in it. And as much as like you get info from like other people on YouTube, it's like you really, the value I've learned is from doing my own research and like looking up stats and stuff like that. Uh, I agree. All right. We got another, we got one from Adam Agata. Which athletes do you think get an Olympic bump? If any, I have no idea. Yep. I don't pay any attention to the Olympics. You, anybody pop out to you or no? Um, the only person I would say there's one person and it's not even on a USA team. It's uh Luca on. Um, oh yeah. Slovenia. Yeah. Like he's playing with a bunch of like YMCA 35 year old dads. And I'm like, if that guy can carry them to like a bronze title averaging like 40, 20 and 20, it's like, that could be interesting. And then it just also showcases like him on a more like, main stage just because he's a global player that like oh people from europe see his game they they remember his game and china and 
it just, uh, I think he's the one guy that could really take off if any, but. All right. I co-signed Luca. All right. Last question. Beach time. I can hear the waves. This is from Hamish Rogers. Buy a PSA of a numbered card or a PSA 10 of a non-numbered, but relatively low pop for a long-term investment potential. What was the first one? Buy a PSA 9? Yeah, buy a PSA 9 of a numbered card or a PSA, PSA 10, 10 of, of like a silver. Non- okay. Yeah, I mean. But relative, relatively low pop. That's the thing. So, yeah, the silver. It would have to be a silver. We're not talking about base. Stuff. Okay. Yeah. I mean, long-term in that case, if you, now, if you said base, I'd go PSA 9. But in that, that case where it's already somewhat of a short print, I'm going, like, I would take a PSA 10 silver over a PSA 9. Uh, I'm trying to think like a blue is not crazy low number, or maybe it is. I would take a PSA 10 silver to use prism over a PSA nine color. That's number to 300. Yeah. To me, the PSA 10 carries that much weight for sure. So yeah, I like PSA tens. I think they're easy to move. You know, you start getting anything less than a 10, you automatically just have a bunch of guys who have no interest, which has always been weird to me, but just the way it goes. So there you go. Uh, I did miss one note, by the way, I always miss something. Diamond icons releases tomorrow, Wednesday stuff's like $2,500 a box, 10 cards, Seven autos, two patch autos, one relic. I would not in a million years buy a personal box of that stuff. Get into a break. A lot of guys do like serial number breaks or hit draft breaks. where you get, You're guaranteed at least one card, so you're not going to get totally murdered. But there's some ridiculous stuff. Like last year, we pulled the Soto Majestic Tag 101. Uh, you can pull some multi, um, just $1,000, easily thousands of dollars worth of cards. So I do like the product, but that's another one we get guys every week. Should I buy a box? Should I buy into a break? This is a thousand percent of product you buy into breaks. Don't mess with boxes. No reason to do that. So not bad. Andy, pretty good. Pretty good. A little more excitement at the end. Seemed a little nervous yeah. at first. It's okay. A little bit nervous at first. Build it no. up. Well, I think I, I was talking to Jesse too. I think eventually we'll have you in this like a third man role to throw some stats. I told you before, like a Tony Reale stat guy, that could be you. Yeah, I'm going to be the Mike Pereira guy, the rules analyst on when you're watching <laughs> NFL, when you and Jesse are in the booth, and then let's bring it to Mike for something quick and just be like, the ball was out of bounds. Back to you guys. Yeah, yeah, perfect. perfect. Valuable insight from Mike. Perfect. Well, good. To, we'll, we'll, meet, we'll meet up in uh, National for sure at the show. Um, yeah, so I'm looking forward. Thanks for jumping on. Like I said, I needed something, especially with the mailbag. These shows are always weird. We've never done one solo, so. Yeah, I appreciate you jumping on. Uh, That is Sports Cards Nonsense brought to you by the Ringer Podcast Network, powered and paid for by Spotify. Listen to it anywhere you get your podcasts. We will be back to our normal show on Thursday. I'm going to go on a limb and say there's not going to be a ton of preparation by Jesse. I am planning on carrying him like a small child Thursday, but I could be wrong. So it could be a total train wreck. could be our greatest show ever. There's your teaser. Listen on Thursday. We'll see you guys then.